Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Friday edition of The Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. He's Stephen Gagliano. It is great to be with you. And starting tomorrow, so Saturday the 14th, we are two weeks away from the start of the college football season. Now, it's a handful of games that you couldn't care less about, although there's one of them, one of them, that has a little bit of interest. You get to see LSU's Week 1 opponent one week earlier playing Hawaii. So, I mean, you know... That's something. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I think after this long without football, I think we're all going to watch it anyway. Yeah, and and here's another thing that I think you want to pay attention to, and we're going to talk about this today some because the numbers for Lane Kiffin's contract came out, and the conversation that I have with people all the time is, what programs would he leave for? Where would he go? You want Chip Kelly and UCLA to be good this year. I'll say that. You want them to beat Hawaii in week one. You want them to beat LSU. You want them to have a really good season. Just eliminate one of those factors, you know, a place that he could possibly go. So we'll talk about that today. Who wouldn't want to coach there? What a great place. What, Los Angeles? Oh, yeah. And at UCLA specifically. They're an hour drive from their home stadium. Huh. I didn't realize that. How about that? They, I takes, still want to live out there. It takes an hour to get from the campus of UCLA to the Rose Bowl, where they play their home Not games. an ideal commute. <laughs> Not ideal, but uh, anyway. So, yeah, you've got that. Two weeks from tomorrow, so getting closer. Uh, today we're talking about a couple things. First of all, the uh, what do you, the terms of Lane Kiffin's new contract came out. He got a pretty significant raise, and it's just filled with incentives. I think it also underscores a point that you know we just brought up a second ago about longevity at Ole Miss and and what this contract means besides, well, he can go buy a new center console if if he wants. And also, Lane Kiffin, speaking of him, said something about his wide receivers today. I mentioned on Wednesday that I think a lot of people are missing how special their quarterback is. I think even more people are are, are missing what could be a high-level group of wide receivers. So that's what we're talking about today. Real quick, though, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by absms.com, Advantage Business Systems of Mississippi. Uh, they've been family-owned and operated since the 70s. They started in Jackson, but they service the entire state. So wherever you are in the state of Mississippi and you're looking for office technology solutions, uh, check the website out, absms.com. Uh, they do things like copiers and printers, mail machines, IP, voiceover, IP phone systems, uh, cloud storage, data security, stuff like that. And if, you know, if you're not sure that they're right for you, they'll give you a complimentary office technology assessment. So if you want to dip your toes into what ABS can offer you, they'll let you do that uh, free to you. So let them know we sent you absms.com is the website. Also, a uh, podcast brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue there in Oxford. I'm doing some ribs this weekend on the smoker. And the best place to get that kind of stuff is at LB's. Again, just across from Kroger on University Avenue. They also have daily lunch specials. Those are Monday through Friday. Looking at the forecast in Oxford, there's some rain in it, but also mid to upper 80s in it. So when it's not raining, it's grilling weather. <laughs> Perfect grilling weather Absolutely. for you. 
Are you a sauce or no sauce guy on the ribs? Uh, not until the end. Okay. And, and it depends. Personal preference, no. I, I do not sauce my ribs at all. I, I do strictly dry, and then I'll spritz with, like, uh, apple juice, you know, every hour and a half or so, depending how long they're going to be there. And it, I'll do them different ways. I'll do it where I don't wrap at all, and, and I really go hard on, on the spray, or I'll wrap it three hours with butter and uh, brown sugar and stuff like that. You know, it just depends on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll do like American ribs and do it all apple. Um, I'll use uh, the the apple juice and the apple cider vinegar on the rub, and um, I use apple wood to smoke the ribs. That kind <laughs> the of thing. Whole theme. Or uh, or I'll do it Malcolm Reed's way with with just a good old barbecue rub and then wrap with the. Uh, some butter in. It just depends on how you really can't go wrong with any of those, I don't no, think. No, you really can't. I mean, barbecue's an art, but also it's like uh, a coloring book. Just stay inside the lines, <laughs> and the picture will look fine, you know? <laughs> so Lane Kiffin's contract terms finally got released. I imagine there was a bunch of FOIA requests on this, and they just kind of set it to everybody's inbox finally. Uh, there are some things in this contract that are not public. I don't know what they are, but I do know that there are some perks to being... Lane Kiffin as the head football coach at Ole Miss that uh, did not get released yesterday. You could have stopped that sentence after Lane Kiffin. There are just perks to being Lane Kiffin. True that. (laughs) He's been everywhere. I mean, like we talked about on Wednesday, I think he did CBS this morning today. I mean, he was on MSNBC, CBS. He was on with Cowherd. I mean, just all kinds of Lane Kiffin's just everywhere. And he's wearing an Ole Miss hat and an Ole Miss shirt with an Ole Miss background. It cannot be overstated how few college football coaches get the platform that Lane Kiffin has gotten and continues to get. And, oh, by the way, it's exclusively positive praise because the whole 100% vaccines thing. uh, It's been a really, really, really good last 10 days or so for Ole Miss football. And, you know, doesn't translate to wins. But public perception about your program. You guys remember, not too terribly long ago, you were the punching bag of college football. And that was before you lost a game because a receiver fake peed like a dog. And then you fell into irrelevancy. Not only is your football team exciting, your brand is everywhere. And it's exclusively positive. Ole Miss football has gotten positive press out of COVID, of all things. That doesn't happen at really anywhere else. It hasn't yet. Yeah, not yet. And hopefully we're on the tail end of this thing. I would I would like to yeah, think. knock on wood. That's probably wishful thinking. But, yeah, if one team is coming out of this with a better perception than they had going in, I think it would be Ole Miss at this time. No doubt. Especially in the SEC. Yeah. And, you know, before you roll your eyes about CBS this morning or, or Morning Joe or whatever – It doesn't matter if you agree with the political views of the people that watch. The fact is people watch those and they pay attention. I mean, the the millions of people that Lane Kiffin wearing Ole Miss stuff has reached in a positive nature between Levitard Patrick last week and then the 100% vaccine thing and then Morning Joe and CBS and everywhere else, all the press he's gotten, it's millions and millions and millions of people that have seen Ole Miss football good. That's what they've seen. Free advertising. Free advertising. You don't have to produce program. one of those cheesy, terrible commercials that plays during football games or whatever with people looking into test tubes and stuff at your university. This is a better commercial 
for Ole Miss and for Ole Miss football than anything else that you could produce. No doubt. And it's still going on. I mean, it cannot be overstated what he's done uh, to the perception of your football program. And it wasn't too terribly long ago where Ole Miss, again, like I said, was the punching bag. Now, I know it's Twitter, and people probably don't really mean it, but you you go to the CBS This Morning video that they showed of Lane Kiffin, look at the replies. Man, I'm going to have to root for Ole Miss this year. Haven't watched an Ole Miss game in a long time, but I will this season because of this. Little things like that. It matters. It really matters. And so it's uh, been a really good week uh, for, uh, for Ole Miss football for sure. $4.5 million is what Ole Miss will pay Lane Kiffin this year. There's also a bunch of incentives. He will get a $500,000 check at the end of 2021 if he is still, not the season, the end of 2021, if he is still the head football coach at Ole Miss. Next year it goes up to 5.25. 2023 is 5.5. 2024 is 5.75. There's a ton of incentives. There's season ticket incentives. There's 150000 for every SEC win after the third one. There's certain bowl-tier incentives. It's a very incentive-laden contract. And uh, the base salary, at least this year, again, is $4.5 million, which would put him around the top 30 in college football. So it's not breaking the bank for Ole Miss just yet, but those 22, 23, and 24 numbers will change rather significantly if they win you know, nine games this season. And where does, so where does the incentive money come from? Is that boosters paying that out or is that the university? So the university's only paying him like 285K. So it's the, uh, the foundation air quotes that pays the rest. So that comes from uh, boosters and program finances, not the school. So the school's only paying him less than 300, I say only less than (laughs) $300,000 where everything else is coming from athletic department revenue. And I think that's an important distinction to make because sometimes when when non-football fans especially hear some of these contract numbers, they're always disgusted by the fact that universities are paying their coaches this much money. A lot of it's not coming from the university. So that's something that people need to keep in mind, I think. Yeah, I had a professor that used to say shit like, um, you know, I can't believe – here in the South, it's so backwards that football coaches get millions of dollars and professors don't. And all I mean, she used to just just whine and complain about this. I wonder. I want to know if she's still at the school because one day I wish I could say it was me that did it. But uh, one guy in class did the. You know, if you can put sixty thousand people in one of your classrooms <laughs> at a, a few hundred dollars a ticket, then maybe you can say something. I'm sure she loved. And that. she kicked him right out of class. <laughs> uh, but I mean, he was right. Yeah. 100%. There's no greater billboard for the university than the football program, and you know some people just can't wrap their minds around that. I, I want to know if that professor is still there because, God, I would love to see her face now uh, when, when she saw that Lane Kiffin was making over $5 million because back then Houston Nutt was like two. Hmm. And that was yeah. a lot of money back then, yeah, exactly. at least for a college football coach. Inflation and other current events. but well, <laughs> you know, Things are just changing. Too. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. But – the interesting thing, too, about this, it's obviously a significant amount of money, but that's still middle of the road in the SEC for Lane Kiffin. Yeah. So when you talk about you know jobs where he may be lured to in the future, there are places that can pay more money than Ole Miss, but that's why these incentives in these kind of deals are so important. No doubt. And I, I promise you, 
that uh, Keith Carter is well aware of, or not well aware, is well prepared to make a massive financial commitment to Lane Kiffin. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to this particular contract and the financial commitment that Ole Miss is making to football, and they will soon be making to football. That capital campaign everybody's talking about, some renderings leaked. Uh, Weight room looked great. It was in a different location, much bigger, taller ceilings. They needed that desperately. The weight room is in bad shape. Wasn't in love with the locker room rendering. They need to do a little bit better there. But the point is, hundreds of millions of dollars are about to get put in the program, and Keith Carter will not let money stop him from keeping Lane Kiffin. And the, the important part about that is not just paying your football coach a lot of money. What it's doing is limiting the list that everybody asks. What programs would he leave for? It's shortening the list. That's the key here, and that's the key for Keith Carter moving forward. There will come a day, it's going to happen, where Lane Kiffin takes a better job. There are better jobs in Ole Miss out there. There are. And he will get offered one at some point. He's too good of a coach not to. He's too good of a salesman not to. But you, at least to some degree, can control when that happens. If you continue this financial commitment, you shorten the list of jobs that he would take over yours. And Keith Carter knows that. This capital campaign that's coming, the fans need to, I know it's tough, especially now, but need to raise that money quickly and show that you're committed because that list is getting shorter. I get asked all the time, what programs would he leave for? That list shrinks by the day to me. With Texas and Oklahoma's addition to the SEC, I think it made that list even shorter than it did before they came. Because the Ole Miss job is better today and will get better as this actually becomes a reality than it was last year, two years ago, three years ago, whatever. Shorten the list of places that are better jobs than yours. And Keith Carter right now and will very soon successfully continue to make that list shorter, which is all you can do. Yeah, that really is. <laughs> that's it. I mean, and some of these some of these projects, you never know how long they're going to take is essentially what I'm getting at. So when you yeah. mentioned that speed of at which this money probably needs to be raised, if this is complete, or the, the fundraising at least is complete by the time Texas and Oklahoma make it to the SEC, I think that would be your best case scenario. So a few things are going to be done first. Um, they're not going to wait to build everything until the campaign is over. Uh, it sounds like, and I could have this misunderstood, um, that the locker room stuff, a lot of the Manning Center things are going to happen right away. Like when the season ends, they'll start working on it, I think. I could be wrong, but I think that's how that's going to go down. Uh, but you're right. I, I mean, the especially stadium improvements, which are desperately needed. I want to see the renderings of that because, see, I don't think they're done with those yet. Mm. They, they, I, I promise you they have a concept ready to sell to people. But I don't think that they let those leak out yet. And I think that it will change a few times, depending on how much money they raise and stuff like that. Uh, Because I I saw the survey that went out to season ticket holders. Did you see that? Yes, I did. They had a lot of different examples. It spammed my email a couple different times. Um, It was actually really thorough and well done. And, And as a season ticket holder, if you are one, you should be happy that they're really looking at everything, every innovative thing that others have done. And are saying, hey, fans, 
which ones of all this stuff, if we did something similar, would you like the most? Instead of just building it and saying, this is what we did, it's, if we built this, what would you think? I feel like that's what they did with the last one. The the end zone completion project, to bowl that in, it's awful. It, it doesn't match the rest of the stadium. It sucked. I, I think it's, it's so poorly designed. The outside of it doesn't look like anything grand. So... Hopefully, they do a better job with this one, and I'm confident that they will. Yeah, Ross Bjork's projects seem to have been rushed. I mean, getting rid of that breezeway in the south end zone, just that kind of stuff was so stupid. You should have taken those clubs and redid the east side or something like that. Now, it's it's a mess, and the student section was done cheaply and too fast, and what the hell are those black things that are hanging over? Those yeah, yeah. bars? They just look completely out of place. The whole thing is is bad. It's not even at the same level. Like when you're looking at it from inside the stadium, it, it's almost like you missed. Like if you were building a bridge and it didn't yeah. quite meet at both ends. It's just awful. Uh, so the the pragmatic approach to this one, uh, and Keith Carter has said many times what the fans have always thought. It looks like four different stadiums were pieced together to make one. Yep. And he said that's got to change. Uh, so that's really encouraging. But uh, that's got to change quickly. Got got to happen soon. If the goal is to keep Lane Kiffin around, because I think you've got lightning. I think you struck lightning with your head coach, and you got to keep him for as long as you can. So it's give contracts like this one, and then if they win nine games, give them a much bigger one. Make these facility projects happen. Fans got to show up to games, got to buy tickets, and raise a ton of money. That's tough right now, but you want to keep them around. You commit financially and otherwise to him, and it shortens the list. Yep. And it, it's all a double-edged sword here, too, because for all of that to happen, you got to win games. Got to win games. <laughs> you know, that, that will always be the number one thing that drives money. It drives fan energy. It drives national buzz. It's all winning. It's almost as if winning cures everything. Pretty much. Everyone, everyone stops caring what uniforms you're wearing, what your stadium looks like, all this kind of stuff when you win. Then cool stuff comes along with it. Yeah, but it's a byproduct of winning. Speaking of Lane Kiffin, he spoke today uh, to the media and uh, was asked specifically about wide receivers. Uh, I talked about a lot of things, of course, but. Uh, I think just like what we talked about last week with Matt Corral is going to be lost at the wide receiver position. I was listening to a national college football podcast the other day, and they were talking about Ole Miss, and one of the hosts said, they've got nothing behind Elijah Moore. There's just They're like, we need to see who the receivers are going to be because nobody there is proven. Nobody's done it. They've got nothing behind Elijah is what he kept saying. He said the offense is going to take a step back because they don't have any receivers. And I thought, now, hold on. They don't have a guy that's caught a 1,000 whatever Elijah Moore caught yards worth of passes in a season. But we might be overlooking what they have at wide receiver returning. Braylon Sanders has proven that he can be an effective and at times high-level, like NFL-caliber wide receiver. Dontario Drummond... Really had the one year last year, but he showed you he can take the top off of any defense and has really reliable hands. It's two guys, but if you're looking at the old Miss receiver group and you say they've got nobody that's proven it, 
I'd call bullshit. Forgive my language. They do have guys that have shown you that they can do it, that they can be primary receivers. They can take the top off of every defense in the SEC. With Sanders, it's can he stay healthy. With Drummond, it's can he step up and be the guy without more. But if you're trying to tell me that they've got nobody that's proven anything, that's not true. They have guys that have proven it. They just haven't been asked to prove all of it the way Moore was last year. But they have bodies there that are good enough to replicate the passing production they had a year ago. That's that's inarguable to me. I think everyone falls into the trap of still just looking at the numbers from Elijah Moore and saying it's impossible to replicate that production, which it is. But then you can't instantly go to they have no one. And you mentioned two guys there that have shown that ability. And the third guy in all of this that I think is going to be the key to this wide receiver room this year is Jonathan Mingo. If he has a big year, I don't think this offense takes a step back at all because then you've got three capable receivers. If he doesn't achieve that level of potential that I believe he's flashed at times, then I think you're going to have a problem. But he's got the physical skill set. It's all there. He just needs to have a complete season. Yeah, and uh, Neil McCready said earlier, and if he says it, I believe it, that people within the program have been thrilled with uh, Jonathan Mingo's camp. And if that's the case, then, I mean, good luck stopping this offense. If he if he has had that good of a camp, because the skill set's always been there with him, right? It's just been consistency. If he has... If the light bulbs come on and he's as good as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. how do you stop this team, honestly? Yep. You'd have three receivers ready to step up. You have three highly capable, one elite running back and an all-SEC quarterback and an offensive line that returns basically every piece from a year ago and adds a transfer with, what, 25 starts out in the Pac-12? So there's not a legitimate hole on that offense that you can look at and identify as a true weakness. Yeah, if Jerry and Ely didn't exist, by the way, Snoop Connor would have led the SEC in rushing last year, or would have, they would not have, and this isn't a slight on Ely, I think he's great, but I think Connor's also great. Connor would start at most places in all of college football. He's very undervalued only because of the other guys on that roster. Yeah, Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if Snoop Connor is a guy that you look up in two years from now, he's got like 900 yards rushing for the Detroit Lions or something. And you're like, wait, where the hell did this guy come from? <laughs> That's the kind of career path I think he's on. Because Ely could play his way into a first-round pick. Apparently he was lining up at slot today. Hmm. They're going to use him at Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I yeah. use Alvin Kamara because I'm a Saints fan, a new money Saints fan. Uh, if you want a college example, that's one. They lined him out uh, out wide in, on their national championship team. He lined up at the at the X or Y as a running back. They've got very similar body types, too, yeah. when, you, when you think about that. So that, that's a really good comparison. So he's catching passes. He's being used in such a versatile way. He could play himself into an early round pick, late first, early second round. He's got that kind of ability, and they will use him in that way. So, man, I'm telling you. Those guys that were, were on this podcast that I was listening to, I think that they and uh, our friend in Louisville, who's uh, you know not worried about stopping the Ole Miss offense without uh, Jerry and Eli and the two wide receivers that they're missing from last year, 
I think a lot of people are in for a surprise. If you're not expecting this offense to be elite, I think you are dead wrong. There's there's no evidence right now that would suggest that they're going to take this giant step back. It, I would have to see something like that to believe it, just like on the other side of the ball. I still have to see improvement to believe it on defense because I'm being objective. But being objective, you can't look at this offense and say, oh, they're going to go from first to worst in the SEC. Yeah. That's not going to happen just because you lose Elijah Moore. I, he did I'm, suffer some kind of quad injury at Jets camp, so he may miss the first preseason game, which would suck. Yeah, I was looking forward to, to seeing that, but rather the first game than the first preseason game. That's very true. Uh, the aforementioned Colin Cowherd said that Zach Wilson has no weapons at all, the worst weapons in, in the NFL, and he may be right, but I think there's one guy that... Uh, I mean, you've had multiple... People that have done the camp tours that have said rookie of the year favorite should be Elijah Moore. In part because the Jets really don't have much <laughs> in terms of weapons, but that apparently he's acclimated that quickly. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of chances and a lot of targets, I think. Isn't it weird to say that? You know, this guy should be rookie of the year or can be rookie of the year and all that stuff. And also, I don't think that the Ole Miss offense is going <laughs> to miss much without him. It definitely does, but that speaks to, again, the talent on the roster and the faith that I believe the entire Ole Miss fan base collectively should have in Lane Kiffin yeah. to, to now you know, adapt. That's what good play callers and good coaches do is they adapt to their personnel. So you lose a guy that could be the rookie of the year in the NFL, but it's next man up. All of this can be true at once. Elijah Moore is irreplaceable and one of the best receivers to ever play at Ole Miss and should be in that Mount Rushmore of wide receivers at the school. He will be a great NFL player. They will miss his abilities in that offense, and they will also still have one of the best offenses in America. All of that can be true at once. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird bullet point list, but you're, I think you're dead on. So we'll see uh, what else Lane Kiffin has said Apparently there was a, a small, not a fight, but a bit of a dust-up in practice today. Uh, you know, typical camp stuff. No punches were thrown or anything like that. There, It was just more of a, these guys are out here competing. It's 100 degrees, and uh, some some tension was there. And apparently it was the the right kind that they like. You know, they're, they're setting a high competitive nature in camp at the moment. Before they kind of slow things down and get ready for game prep, I assume that will happen sometime at the end of next week. Yeah, probably. Where they really slow things down a little bit and start focusing on, you know, implementation, game planning, stuff like that. For now, they're they're killing each other. Look, and, as long as your quarterback doesn't end up on the bottom of the pile like Daniel Jones in Giants camp, then I'm cool with it. I saw a video of Danny Dimes. <laughs> throwing one of the worst passes I've ever seen in their in-stadium scrimmage. <laughs> oh, man. Straight to a linebacker. Yeah, you no, saw the same yeah. video? No oh, my God, there's no within. receiver anywhere. <laughs> you can't even sell me that, oh, the guy <laughs> ran the wrong route, he split the wrong way. There's no one even in the realm of where this pass was thrown. He just drops it in the chest of his middle <laughs> linebacker who drops the football. I'm glad you saw that same video. You know what I'm talking about. Jeez, that was uh, that, that was tough. That was really tough. So, uh, anything else we're missing as far as that goes? I know, again, Kevin spoke with the media. Nothing, you know, crazy other than high praise for his wide receivers, specifically Braylon Sanders. Um, 
you know, there's some typical camp injuries. John Rice Plumley apparently has suffered a a typical camp injury. It's uh, nothing that at least they anticipate keeping him out of the first game or anything like that. So uh, nobody panic. But he'll probably be held out for a few practices. Um, nothing major, though. I mean, Kiffin said, you know, it's camp injuries, but they've been good as far as, like, real injuries go. Anything else? Well, the other day, this is the first time that, that we've recorded this since Jeff Levy spoke, and we kind of touched on it already with Ely, but his quote about saying that if he's doing his job correctly, he's getting Ely the football. I, I think that's pretty telling to how committed they are to changing up his role, getting him in different spots, you know, lined up in different spots, and how much how much of a factor he truly is going to be this season. His usage rate is likely going to be very high. Yep. Very, I, very I think high. it has to be. And whether it's some, you know, it's not always going to be getting, you know, forcing him the ball, but lining him up in the slot or in these different places, it just it gives the defense a different look that they may not be prepared for. So I, I think that that was, again, something that we expected to hear. But when you hear it straight from Jeff Lebby, I think that's really important. Oh, for sure. For sure. So camp continues. Uh, a lot of good news coming out of it right now. Uh, really, really, really good news. They're going to scrimmage at some point this weekend. I don't know if media will be allowed to be there or not, but if they are, we'll get to hear a lot about what went down in Oxford uh, this weekend. So Kiffin gets a new contract. Well, he already had this contract months ago, but we got to see what was in that new contract. And don't forget about the talent that is there at the wide receiver position. So anything else? You got final thoughts before we enter the weekend? Final thoughts. I'm just ready. Again, I'm going to keep on saying this until kickoff is actually here. I just want to speed up time to get to kickoff. I I do think that this is the most anticipated football season, not just for Ole Miss, for really the entire country in a very long time. And I'm ready for it. Same here. Same here. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll uh, keep you updated if uh, that's – I think they're supposed to scrimmage this weekend. So if anything comes out of that, we will, of course, talk to you about that on Monday. And on Monday, we'll be inside of – no, Monday will be three weeks till Ole Miss starts. Right. Monday will be inside of three weeks until all the other stuff starts in college football. Y'all have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.